You're listening to the number one podcast for nonprofit leaders, getting your nonprofit fully funded. This is the Fundraising Masterminds Podcast. Well, we're so glad to have you back this week for another episode of the Fundraising Masterminds podcast. My name is Jason Galasinski, and with me, my co-host, Jim Dempsey. Hey, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you this week? Good, good. Having a good week. Great. Well, what are we talking about this week? We are actually going to be talking about writing an irresistible fundraising letter. Wow, that sounds amazing. And we've actually broken it up into two parts because there's 11 things that we want to share with you about writing an exceptional letter. So this this is part one, where we're going to talk about six things yep. in writing, and then part two, we'll get to four things. Uh, but before we get into all the great meaty content of how to write an exceptional fundraising letter, if you wouldn't mind subscribing to this podcast, whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube, hit that notification bell because we release weekly content for you as a nonprofit leader. Our desire is to help you get fully funded as an organization. And we have the experience over 60 years of combined experience between Jim and I. Our desire is to give you the tools in your tool belt to help you get fully funded. And there's lots of different tools that we use. Yep. We talk about creating a monthly giving program. We talk about end of the year campaigns. We talk about the perfect vision dinner. Uh, we talk about uh, leadership uh, styles. Foundation, board member roles and responsibilities, yep. uh, just a wide variety of things. Yep. And subscribing ensures that you don't miss one week yep. of content. Jim, let's dive into how to write an exceptional fundraising letter. Absolutely. Well, so often over the years, I've had people ask me, Jim, why is it yeah. that let some letters do well and others don't? Mm -hmm. There Are there secrets? Are there things that make an effective or an exceptional letter? And the answer yeah. is 100% yes. Well, before we, before we get into the secrets, I want to know what qualifies you to be the expert on writing fundraising well, letters. Over the last 38 years, I've had the privilege of writing literally thousands and thousands of direct mail letters. Yeah. In fact, I was for three years in charge of all the direct mail for Campus Crusade for Christ for mm -hmm. crew in the 1980s when and development was centralized. Yeah. I oversee a $4 million direct mail program wow. that we do everything from new name, new donor acquisition to regular communication with people. We probably mail in excess of 2 million pieces, wow. just our particular branch, the campus ministry right. of crew. So and that's, that's the thing that you're overseeing. Like that is, you have I, a direct influence on how the letters are written and what yes, is said. Absolutely. In fact, we, we actually hire a company to produce those letters, but the writing, the content are all the things that I oversee for the those letters. They get them out the door. I don't have to oh. hand stuff, seal, stamp, right. uh, two million wow. letters. But uh, I make sure well, you, that you oversee the process of getting the letters written from and then start they to send finish, from concept to writing, editing, and all yeah. the production that is over my overarching control. Wow. So you know a thing or two about appeals. I do. Absolutely. So uh, I would love to pick your brain. I mean, I always say jokingly kind of when I've talked to nonprofits on the phone and stuff, I jokingly kind of say, you know, 
if you could knock on the door of a major organization, you know, like Crew right. or, or Wycliffe or yep. uh, Young Life or, you know, these organizations have massive headquarters, right? Right. And you can't typically just walk in and knock on their door and say, right. can I talk to the CEO of Campus Crusade for Christ? Like, right. you got to have, you know, special permission to just even get into the building. You right. Know? Right. Uh, but, you know, I always tell people, you know, tune in to our podcast yeah. because this is your opportunity to knock on the door and go straight to You've the got decision maker. Immediate access to somebody who has yeah. firsthand knowledge and experience. And that's why I area. think it's so important for you guys to be writing comments and writing questions because it is literally your way to knock on the door of a major ministry leader and to uh, ask us questions. In this series, we're going to talk about 11 right. uh, things that make up an exceptional fundraising letter. And you put these principles into practice every time. Right. Absolutely. And 11 may seem overwhelming, but you'd be surprised just once you get moving along. Yeah. I, for me, 11 is that that's, I'm just thinking about that just naturally. Right. Once you get in the habit of writing these letters, you're not having to yeah. worry about that every time. When if you stick with us to the end, we're actually going to put these 11 things in a PDF for you to download. So stick with us to the end and I'll, I'll make sure to have a QR code on the screen for you to download those. Cause I think it would be helpful, oh. you know, to have people have these printed a, out. A, a reference you know. that you could put on your bulletin board in front of your desk yeah, and yeah, say, yeah. my insuring that all Make these sure, items, yeah, yeah, a checklist. Make checklist. sure all these things right. are are it, in my letter. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's exactly get right. into it. What's, yeah. what's the first thing? Well, the first one is an irresistible beginning. Mm -hmm. So it is so important that you pull people in. It's been found all this. All research and studies have shown that you have got about a second and a half to get people's attention. Mm. Uh, you want to make sure and. First of all, I mean, it's tough enough to get people inside the envelope, but once you get them inside, you got to keep them and you're going to lose them if you don't hit them hard and, and get, pull them in quickly. That generally means the number one, a lead in sentence, phrase, paragraph, or it also means a very powerful PS. Those are the first two things that people are going to read. But right now we're talking about that irresistible beginning. So I was caught up in a cycle of pornography or I was addicted to heroin for 20 years of my life until, and then boom, you can go in from there. That would be what I would refer to as an irresistible beginning to a story or program. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, that is such an important component of getting people's attention and, yeah. and keeping well, people Well, and that's great because that leads to thing number two, which is it gives them a reason to continue to read. That's right. You want to get them to the point where they get sucked in. All of us have probably read a novel, a book, an article that so captivates us that we can't stop reading. In mm -hmm. fact, you know, you, you think about a book that you start reading as, you, as you're getting ready to go to bed and you find yourself at two o'clock in the morning trying to put that book down, but yeah. you're so compelled by it. Right. That's what we want. We want to provide a story and a story is always a good way to draw mm -hmm. people in yeah. because the rule of thumb that we've talked about before, people give to people justified by the cause. Mm -hmm. And so telling someone's story, getting a story of a changed life always pulls people in. Yep. We want to make sure that we've got a person's name. If it's if it's 
a privacy issue. If you work with human trafficking, you work with someone in closed countries, you don't have to use their fur, their full name or even their real name. You can put in their name, had to be changed because of confidentiality. Right. But give them a name so that you can begin to right. pull people into the story yeah. and make sure it's a powerful story. If if you started with, I was caught in the grip of pornography. Mm-hmm. My life was, was had been, been one of addiction yeah. for 20 years right. until I ran into a staff member with crew right. who literally changed my life with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That is the kind of compelling message that you want to have and right. a compelling reason to keep reading. Yeah. Yeah. So this leads to the, to the third thing, which is the specific needs So like, what is the main character's specific need? It's, right. it's important that that element is in there. You know, we don't want to just say, you know, I was struggling with pornography for, 20 years yeah. and then suddenly something happened. It's yeah. like, well, you need to understand, you know, what, what was their struggle? What was, Absolutely. what were they looking for? What was right. the motivation? Right. Well, a good testimony always has three key elements. What was their life like before Christ? How did they come to Christ? And what was their life like after Christ? Mm-hmm. And that is also is included in this letter. So as we are addressing the need that they have, we have to paint that picture of what their life was like before Christ. Yeah. So being addicted to pornography or being addicted to drugs or alcohol or mm-hmm. being in a downward cycle of depression, those are the kinds of things. And of course, the need generally, the root problem always really comes yeah. down to uh, pr- having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. But sometimes it starts with physical needs, emotional needs. You have to meet some of those needs before yeah. you get into the overarching need for a person of Christ. Right. So then another big piece, the number four, is that we want to offer the solution. Yeah. And of course, the solution is, as we know as followers of Christ, is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. Now, that in the context of a pregnancy center or homeless shelter, it might be uh, similar. Well, but. it is. You've got to meet their immediate need. And that immediate need is to, you know, first of all, maybe determine are they pregnant? If they are pregnant, are you going to help them with that life changing decision to save the life of the baby? But ultimately, in many cases, we want to get them to having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they aren't just back out six months later mm-hmm. getting pregnant again and keeping mm-hmm. that cycle because the pregnancy center will tell you, as somebody who's been on a board of yeah. many pregnancy centers, yeah. that cycle just continues where they get pregnant, have an yeah. abortion, pregnant, have an abortion. Yeah, and well, so whatever we it is them. that we're doing, whether it's you know a pregnancy center, a homeless shelter, a Christian school, a camp, you know, um, recovery addiction center, uh, marriage and family counseling center. Right. You know, ultimately we know as Christians that the, the main problem that we all struggle with, it's not just them, but it's right. us, it's right. us too. It's you and right. me too, that we all are born with a sin nature, right? you know, and we all have this, you know, the word sin is, um, 
kind of a faux pas word nowadays, you know, but yeah. it, it literally just means miss, it misses the mark. Misses the mark. It's yeah. all sin yeah. means. Sure. It just means that yeah. we are born yeah. off target. Yes. You know, like right. if the, if perfection is God, mm-hmm. you right. know, we tend to sway away yeah. from God yeah. and that's because we are born with, uh, with the tendency to, to miss the mark, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and that, and a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, um, my yeah. understanding it's an archery term, unless so that I'm wrong. And right. when you hit center bullseye, you were hitting the mark. If you missed or get got off, that was called a sin, right? And you you see this a lot in children, you right? Know, especially, you know, no one has to teach a child how to lie, right? No one has to teach a child how to disobey or how to have a temper tantrum, right? You don't sit down with little Johnny at three years old and say, "Now, Johnny." Uh, you'll, you might learn this later on, but let me just teach you, you know, how to throw a temper tantrum when, right. mom, when you don't get what you want from right. mommy, you know, right. like, it just happens naturally. Sure. It's part right? of our sin nature, right? right? It's part of our, our nature to go off, you know, mm-hmm. it's, they don't, they're not born to just say, mommy, may I please have, you know, you have to work <laughs> really hard to get them to do the right thing. Right. And the ease the you don't have to work very hard to get no, them to do the right thing. No, the easy way is that sin and, nature. you know, because of all that because we know that we are born to miss the mark you know we get caught up in all these uh problems right you know and we have this desire to you know fill this you know longing in our heart for something you know we're all longing for something yes Uh, but ultimately we know as christians you know the the deep longing of our heart is to have that relationship with god right and ultimately you know no matter what ministry you're involved in, whether it's um, pregnancy center, Christian school, whatever. Right. Right. If we're not leading people to a relationship with God, then ultimately we're not really helping them. Right. For eternity. Right. We might be helping them temporarily. Yeah. yeah. It's a you know, temporal need. Yeah. But we, we, we're not really helping them, uh, you know, find fulfillment. Right. Uh, with right. the relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Right. And Chances so, are they're just going to get back in the same habit pattern. Right. And so that's, that's ultimately what every single appeal letter, fundraising letter should always be kind of focused on. Yeah. You know, that, that changed life mm-hmm. That's isn't, right. isn't that you got them off the street, right. but that you got them off the street and into a relationship with Christ. Right. And they became a completely different person. Right. Now they're going back into the world, you know, with a different mindset. You right. They put off right. the old man and they're putting on the new man. Yes. And now they are a mentor. Right. You know, for people on the street right. or, you know, that's whatever. Right. And that's, yeah. that's the stuff that gets people excited. Yeah, absolutely. And part of that solution is what are the strategies, the tactics, the programs and projects we do to help solve that problem? So you're going to unpack, well, this is a changed life. Freddie, Tommy, Mary, whoever the example you're using, Mm -hmm. here's how their life was changed. And we do things like this. So we feed homeless people. We get women who are, are, are caught in the cycle of human trafficking. We help those individuals who are depressed get out of those situations. And that's all part of this. But Mm -hmm. we also present as part of that opportunities to 
invest and see other change lives in yeah. a way it's sort of like that pay it forward in that where there's other people like this person whose mm-hmm. life needs to be changed and that takes us to the next area yeah which, which is, is the ask ask yep. so you've presented the problem you've presented the solution now you're going to present the opportunities that are out there mm-hmm. remember it's always been said that every organization has needs but few have exciting opportunities yeah. and people give to exciting opportunities without vision the people perish is what scripture tells us so you want to make sure that we're putting that opportunity before people this is not an arm twisting this is not a making people feel guilty about things i think sometimes when people listen to to us talk about stuff like this it it sometimes can sound manipulating right aren't you just aren't you just like making stuff up you're sending people down this path you're making up stories and you're just it's all just a sham and you're just you're just just right. playing with people's emotions yeah, manipulation. you're manipulating yeah. people to try to get them yeah. to yeah and uh, that's not what we're trying right. to do no, you know? no <laughs> we're no. not trying to do that at all no. the way that we look at it is we are opportunity brokers yes you know like we do our part and god does his part right. but we are literally just presenting exciting opportunities yeah. Uh, it's no different than, you know, a business investment opportunity, right? Right. Like if right. you had the opportunity to get on the ground floor when Apple was just in their garage, right. and someone came to you and said, hey, Jim, I've got <laughs> this exciting opportunity. There's these two guys that yeah. are creating this thing called a personal computer, right. and they're going to change the world. And if you invest $5,000 in their company, you know, it could... 100x or a, a million x right, you know and right. you know that's an exciting opportunity right, people get right. excited about well it's the same thing for eternity right. that you know um, god wants us to invest in eternal things right, right? right so if we the only the only thing we can take to heaven with us is people right you know we right. all the clothes on our back all the houses all the cars all the material things it's all gonna burn uh, the only thing we can take with us is people yes and so that's why you know investing in people yes in changing people's mm-hmm. lives right is an eternal investment yeah exactly and so what we're doing in a fundraising appeal letter yeah is we're just making people aware yes of how your organization is changing people's lives that's right you know and, and you're right. giving people the opportunity to yeah. participate Participate. Yeah. Would you yeah. like to be a part of helping us, you yeah. know, change yeah. lives? So it's yeah. not us doing everything. We're the super spiritual ones and you are the low lay person that has yeah. to have a regular yeah. job. But it's more like, hey, we need you to come alongside of us and yeah. to help us. Yeah. Without your support, we can't change people's lives. That's right. That's you know? right. And that's the mindset. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we're not making up stories or trying to manipulate people. We're simply just saying, here's an example of what happens when someone gives to our organization. We're able to meet their physical need. We're able to introduce them to a relationship with Christ. They change their whole perspective, their whole outlook in life changes. They have right. a complete 180 paradigm shift. Yep. And then we send them back into the world that they came from right. so that they can be a witness and help other people. Right. You know, And then right. it, it just creates this positive yeah, cycle yeah, of change yeah, yeah right exactly that's, that's what we're trying to do yeah. it doesn't matter if you're in a christian school yep or if you're in a camp or if you're in a pregnancy center or you're in you know whatever homeless shelter or whatever you know the the opportunities are different right you know what you do on a daily basis is different right absolutely uh, but the the process is the same yeah yeah exactly well i think about jesus uh, in scripture him uh you you had at one point in time you had a mass of people down in the valley 
brings the disciples and shows them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. To me, what a tremendous example of motivating them, not manipulating them. He didn't, you know, make them feel guilty that that they needed to get into the work of the harvest. He Mm -hmm. talked about that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And and talking about these are sheep without a shepherd and they need someone to guide them along. That's what we're talking about is motivation and not manipulation. Well, and that's what leads into uh, point number six, which is an irresistible proposition. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. We want to give them an opportunity to make an impact for eternity that they can't resist. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're really presenting for them the impact that can be made with their gift. Mm -hmm. And it's important, you know, I always talk about the outcome. What is the outcome of a gift? And just like an investor will buy stock because they want to have their return on investment, our partners give because they want to be involved in a very positive and life-altering outcome yeah. for people. And that the outcome is going to impact eternity. And it's yeah. so important that we present yeah. that to them. Yeah, and I mentioned that we were going to have a checklist uh, for the PDF at the beginning of this episode, but that checklist is actually going to be available in part two because we want to give you all of the explanation of all 11 steps, and then we will include the PDF uh, for you in part two. So definitely find part two. Make sure you get that. You're going to have to listen to the very end, but we're going to have a QR code for you to scan, and that will make sure that you get the summary of all the steps um, after you watch part two. Yes. We are in the business of helping nonprofits get fully funded. And one of the ways that we do that for you is through our Perfect Vision Dinner course. Now, this course is a 20-week course. And what it is, is we actually teach you all the development principles and we give you a step-by-step guide over a 20-week time period to get your organization fully funded. And what we mean by fully funded is that we want to help you move from surviving to thriving. We want to really get your dreams of your organization accomplished, whatever it is. And before you say, well, you know, we're fine. You know, we, we hit our budget every year and we're okay. Um, well, There's two kinds of organizations uh, that I tend to talk to. You know, the one type is the type that is just starting or they're maybe running with one or two employees Mm -hmm. or maybe all volunteer and they're they're, You're in the surviving stage. Right. And then there's another organization that, you know, you've been alive for 30 years, 40 years, and you've been you're doing the same thing. You have a routine. You know, you do the same thing every year. You've got lots of staff and. Uh, but the problem with these guys over here is that they tend to get comfortable. They get they, in a rut. They, they tend they, to get in a rut yeah. and they tend to not be growing. Right. right. And so a lot of times when I'm talking to those organizations, uh, the types of things that I tend to hear on the phone is, yeah, we really need to change things up because, you know, we're not growing as much or or are we're losing partners. We're right. losing interest. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's because you're getting into a rut. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and people- a rut is, the, is a grave with the sides kicked out. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, it is. And so we want to help you get, if you're in this camp, we want to help you get from surviving to thriving. And if you're in this camp, we want to help you get out of your rut. 
Uh, and that uh, we firmly believe that you shouldn't just be combing the internet for the top 20 things of fundraising ideas in 2023 or 2024, or, you know, don't get sucked into like, let's just try things. Don't let mm. board members yeah. convince you uh, of their great idea. It's really important that you learn from some of the best fundraising advice out there. And I personally believe uh, Jim Dempsey has some of the mm. best tried and true test proven strategies out there. 38 years of development, 2,500 dinners under his belt, raising $26 million a year for crew. Um, I mean, you just, you, you've learned this strategy over time and we know it works. Well, we, I've got a plumb line that's called the development model that we follow. And that's what, that is the, the primary, that's our foundational principles mm -hmm. of our program yeah. and our effort. And we want to be your one-stop shop. We yeah. don't want you to have to go searching all over the internet to find all kinds of fundraising videos. We want you, we want to be the single source for you. Yeah, so if that's something that you're interested in, go to fundraisingmasterminds.net. Um, it's called the Perfect Vision Dinner Course. It's a 20-week course. We walk you through all the Plum Nine principles, and then we take you step-by-step step, uh, all the way to actually getting you fully funded. Um, and it's a very exciting program. It is. Um, a lot of people, when they, you know, they learn about it, they say, oh, you know, I don't know if I have time, and I don't know if I can afford it. And I always say, you know, I don't think you can not afford it. I don't think you have the time to not afford to do this because ultimately, if you haven't learned the strategy, you're just gonna be spinning your wheels and you're ultimately gonna get stuck. Right. Uh, every single organization out there needs to learn the Perfect Vision Dinner strategy. It needs to be one of your fundamental tools. It's not your only tool, mm -hmm. but it's one of your fundamental tools for winning new partners to your organization, keeping them and lifting them to new heights of giving. Right. And uh, I mean, without this strategy, you're gonna be kind of like a drifting person in an ocean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's really, really fundamental. Rudderless. Well, Jim, thanks for covering those six things in writing an exceptional fundraising letter. We've actually got five more things to cover, right. uh, but we're running out of time. Yeah. Uh, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna divide this into uh, two parts. So part two, is going to be in another video. Uh, we're actually gonna put a QR code on the screen where you can scan this QR code and it will take you to part two. And it's really important that you scan this QR code or click the link in the description of this video or podcast description uh, because this part two is not going to be available publicly. We're only making it available to you if you've made it this far in the video and you click that link, that's the only way that you can get access to part two. So you can't find it anywhere else. And um, I have to encourage everyone to make sure you watch part two. Those five last tips and recommendations are some of the most important. In fact, oftentimes they make or break successful. Yeah. Well, make sure you click that link or scan that QR code to watch part two. And just before you leave to go do that, um, make sure you subscribe to this podcast because you don't want to miss another episode coming your way very soon. Uh, Jim, 
thanks again for your expertise in sure. uh, fundraising and this this letter writing process is so needed uh, because I believe nonprofits will benefit greatly by learning how to write better appeal letters. Absolutely. Happy to do it. This uh, writing an exceptional letter and telling your story yeah. is so valuable and so important for anyone. Thanks again for joining us at the Fundraising Masterminds podcast. We look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. 